0: Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Even if it's not true, even if it's a faith statement, just tell them it's good to be sitting next to you. Well, once again, welcome to church. In case we haven't met, my name is Brandon And my wife and I were the campus pastors here at this location. And it is so good to have you in church today at the 9 a.m. service. Uh, I do want to today on behalf of Pastors Gill and Debbie, our senior pastors who are taking the month of July off, Uh, they're on vacation, they're taking some personal time, and then also they'll be going on our Bolivia mission trip here at the end of the month. And I wanna make sure I say on behalf of them, welcome to church, so good to have you here today. If you got a Bible, go with me today to Genesis chapter 12. Just a heads up, in case you're new, uh, Genesis is, is in the beginning of the Bible, and um, so just so your neighbor knows, you know what's up, go to, go to the very beginning of your Bible. Genesis chapter 12 is where we're going to start today, and we're in a series that we started last week, a series that we're, we're entitling this, More Than Abel more than able. And I said this last week, but I think it does bear repeating as Pastor Gil is preparing to take some time off and he was preparing uh, for the month of July. And I began to think and ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you would want to say to us this month? Uh, What is it that you would want to speak to us? What is it that you'd want to lead us individually, but also corporately in? Uh, This phrase just kept on just rolling around in my heart, more than able more than able, more than able. And it's actually a phrase that uh, I I got from Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. I'll read it to you. Paul, the apostle, he's writing, and he says this in Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. He says, now to him who is able, now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Us. In other words, the apostle Paul he says we serve a God who He's not just able, but He is more than able. Can I can I get an amen in the nine a.m.? He's more than able. We serve a God who He is the God who has no limits. Luke one thirty seven tells us that with God, all things are possible. Mark nine twenty three says to him who believes nothing will be impossible. We serve a God who He is a supernatural. Wonder-working, miracle-working, all-powerful God, who He has no limit. Can I just encourage you today, wherever you may be in life, whatever you're facing, God is more than able. What, what, wherever you feel stuck, God is more than able. Wherever it seems broken and 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 without without the ability to repair it, God is more than able. That all through the Bible, we see a God who from beginning to end, he is a supernatural, miracle-working, all-powerful, wonder-working God who has no limits. And we said this last week, but again, I think it bears repeating that we often, we worship God as a supernatural, wonder-working, all-powerful, miracle-working God. We sing songs about God, yet in our everyday lives, well, we, we, we settle for so much less. We live such ordinary, normal, mundane lives, not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, but we live lives that are absent of the power and the presence of God. We, we settle in our lives for just what everybody else settles for rather than going, no, 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 I'm in a relationship. I'm in a covenant I I am in a a connection with God who actually has given to me precious promises, who who has promised to meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory. I serve a God who he bore stripes on his back. He died upon a cross so that not only can I be forgiven, but so I can receive everything he has for me, that I can be healed, that I can have wisdom, that I can be filled with the power of his spirit that gives me comfort and counsel and enables me. God has given me so much. Why would I leave anything on the table? No, we serve a God who he's more than able. And, and I just felt so stirred in my heart personally, but, but, but also for, for us corporately, that I just think God has, has more for us. Can, can I say it again? I just think God has more for us. I think God has more for your life. I think there's some, probably some areas right now that you feel stuck and you've just settled that God actually wants to show up and show you that no, he's more than able in that area. I, I think there's maybe some people here or people in our church that you have some dreams, you, you have some, some visions, you have some things that, that you once were believing God for and you once were like, I think God wants to do it, but life has just happened, Anybody else, can, can you relate to that? Just life just happens sometimes. And before you know it, years have gone by, weeks, months have gone by. And what I once was standing strong, believing, no, God can, I'm, I'm just settling, And I think God wants to dust those off and God wants to stir us up in our faith to begin to pray and believe God and say, no, 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 God, I don't want to settle any longer for less than what you have for me. God, whatever it might look like, you are more than able. We said this last week that the, the starting place for us experiencing this more than able, supernatural, wonder-working, all-powerful God, well, the starting place is faith. Someone say faith. The starting place is faith. Did you know the entire kingdom of God operates on the currency of faith? That, that God's kingdom is a kingdom that operates on the currency of faith. So for example, Jesus said things like, according to your faith, Let it be done for you. Remember remember the the woman who had the issue of blood and she was very, very sick. She could not get any better. She spent all that she had. And then she heard a word about Jesus and something in her started to, to believe. And she went to him and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. We read Mark 9, 23 or referenced it rather that the Bible says not just anybody, but to him who believes all things are possible. So we we can't be going like, no, all things are possible. Yeah, kind of. The Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. Even even Romans chapter 10, like like the starting point, the genesis of, of relationship with God. Romans chapter 10 says that if anybody would believe in their heart and believe in their heart to the point that it comes out of their mouth, how many of you know there's some things that you think, some things you kind of believe, but you don't have confidence enough yet to get that out of your mouth? I I won't tell you what it is, but we were in a discussion recently, and my wife told me something she was thinking, and I said, for real? And she goes, well, don't tell anyone, because I don't don't know for certain. And there's things that that we, like, I kind of know this, but the Bible says, no, no, no. The starting point for salvation is when you believe in your heart and you're so convinced, your faith is so strong that you with your mouth go, no, Jesus, he is the Lord. And that's how salvation happens. Well, faith is the currency of God's kingdom. And, and, and we, this is where we started last week, that for us to stand in faith, we have to first see something on the inside, Uh, Referencing again, Romans chapter 10, uh, where the Bible says that to him who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth, salvation happens. Before that, Paul asked this question. He goes, let let me ask you this. How can someone believe unless they've heard? Great question, actually. How, How is it even possible to believe or to stand in faith if you've never heard or you've never seen or you don't know something? We said it last week, I'll stand by it, that it is impossible for you to believe God, stand in faith, pray and be confident in that which you do not know, in that which you have not first seen on the inside. So the starting point is faith, yes, but the starting point is you. So, someone say me, me. I have to first see it on the inside. I don't mean you need like a, like a picture, but I mean something has to shift on the inside that you, you can just see it. You, you just know, you have this confidence that, no, I, I believe, I know that this is what God is promising. This is what God wants to do. See, the starting point, point of faith, it's hearing. The Bible says faith, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, but it's not just hearing here, it's hearing here. It's when something just explodes on the inside and you can see it. Now, I I can see on the inside. I know what God has promised. I know what God wants to do. And we we ended last week by talking about this, how God, he still today wants to give his people dreams and visions and prophetic words. The Bible says that uh, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, has not come into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him, But, but God has revealed them to us through his spirit the book of Joel says in the last days, God's actually going to pour his spirit out. And one of the results of that is that people will will begin to have words from God from heaven. People will begin to hear the voice of God, hear God speaking to them, and they'll have such confidence they will speak that out. The Bible says what will begin to happen is people, they'll begin to dream dreams. They'll begin to see a world bigger than the one they're currently living in. Can I ask you, when's the last time you saw a world bigger than the one you're living in? When's the last time you, you saw your life bigger, better, broader than what your current circumstance says? Because God wants to give you dreams. God wants to help you to see things that are, that are beyond. The Bible says that God will give visions. God will help you to begin to see past today into what he desires to do t- tomorrow. And what I wanna do is I, I wanna preach this morning, um, part two to last week. I know it's part two in the sermon series, but I want to preach part two to last week's sermon because I I, I got home last week. And by the way, this is not any kind of like weird ploy for me to get affirmation, please. Like I, I appreciate it. But I, I went home last week and I went, you know, I just don't feel like I really said or communicated everything in the way that I I think the Lord wanted to say it. That ever happened to you before? You ever been in a conversation and during the conversation you feel like you are crushing it? You know what I mean? Like like, like maybe this happens to me quite often. Pray for me. Um, But like you're disciplining one of your children, and in the moment you're like, "That's right. You 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 better know that, and you better bully." And then like 30 minutes pass by and you're like, "That was a little dramatic." That was a little bit much. We, 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 th- th- I, this is not in the notes, but it's just funny. I'll tell you. We recently had to repair something at our house that, that, that our kids broke accidentally, but, but they broke it. And um, my wife and I, it was both of us, we were being a little dramatic. We're like, that's gonna cost like $1,000 to fix. And um, so we had some, someone come out and fix it. It was $225, exactly. And, and, and my daughter comes home from her friend's house and she goes, dad, how much did that cost to fix? I said, don't worry about it. And she goes, was it between $150 and $300? (laughs) She said, yeah, I had my friend's mom look up how much it cost to fix that. And (laughs) Google says, you said $1,000. It was like, okay. But... But there's times that you you like in the morning, like you're saying something in the moment and you feel like it's coming and then afterwards you go no I don't just I don't know if I if I fully communicate I felt like that last week I was driving home and I, and I just felt like Lord I don't know if fully what what was in my heart really came out and so I want to preach part two because here, here's kind of the 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 connection. We ended last week saying that God, he, he wants to give dreams and visions in, in prophetic words, by the way, uh, doctrinally, theologically, experientially, I believe that wholeheartedly, that, that God is still speaking today, that God is still actively speaking. However, what I did not say and what I wanna to say today is that the purpose or the point of God giving to us dreams and visions and prophetic words and speaking to us is so that we can confidently have a word from God for our life. That things like dreams and visions and prophetic words and different ways that God speaks, they're simply the, the, the vehicle, This is is some of the how in which God speaks. But the point, the purpose is that God wants to speak to you and I personally and individually in such a way that we can live life with confidence. Why? Because I got a word from God because I know what God is saying. I know what God's asking me to do. And I believe that he will do all he promised he would do. Genesis chapter 12, we're going to read four verses here and two in Genesis chapter 17, and then we are going to get going. Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse one, it says this. Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. So so you don't know it yet, but but I'm I'm gonna show it to you as you go. And here, here's the promise. And I will make you a great nation. I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Verse three: I will bless those who bless you, I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4: So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, Genesis chapter 17, this is approximately 25 years later. And Abraham still has not received that promise. Uh, he still has had no children um, at least with, 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 with his wife, Sarai. Uh, he's had one child and it was a child he had with his with his wife's maidservant. Um, in other words, he was trying to figure out how to do things his own way because God hadn't come through yet. And 25 years later, Abraham, he's discouraged. He's frustrated. This is what God said. It hasn't happened. What am I doing out here? And God comes again. Genesis 17 verse one, he says this. When Abraham was 99 years old, so approximately 25 years later, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God the Almighty God. I am Almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will make my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. We're going to stop right there. Um, if you'd like to keep reading uh, through about verse nine, God continues to just affirm the promise that he has for him. God continues to affirm. Matter of fact, God even goes so far as to say, Abram, we're gonna change your name because I want you to start identifying and calling yourself who I'm calling you to be. Abram means uh, uh, a great father, but Abraham means father of a great multitude. And, And God continues to speak. But what I want you to see in both of these is that Abram, Abraham, he was a man who he lived with a word. Can I ask you this morning, currently, are, are you living presumptuously? Are, are you living just doing the best you can to kind of go what you think you, or are you a man, are you a woman that you're living with a word from God? If you're taking notes, you can write this down. Title of the sermon today simply is that I need a word from God. I need a word from God. I think every single one of us, we need a word from God. I think every man, every woman, we need a word from God so that we can walk confidently, knowing we are in the will of God for our life. You may say, Brandon, what is a word from God? I wanna give you this definition. A, A word from God is this. It's a clear picture or word, a clear word or picture that reveals to you what God has purposed, promised, and provided for your life. That comes with clear instructions and commands for what you are to do in order to receive what God has purposed, promised, and provided. I wanna read it one more time. A a word from God, well, it's a clear word or picture. Again, we're not talking about like an audible voice. We're not talking about something that is necessarily a clear, specific picture, but but rather just something you can see on the inside. It's something, you just have a sense, this is what God's saying. You know, when I close my eyes, I can see in my heart what, what God has for me, a clear word or picture that reveals to you, it shows to you what God has purposed, what God has promised, and what God wants to provide for you. But, but, but it's a clear word or picture that comes with instructions and commands for what you are to do in order to see receive what God has purposed, promised, and provided. We read this a moment ago, but but I love Genesis chapter 12. Matter of fact, I love Abraham's entire story because if you'll read Abraham's entire story, he did not just get a singular word from God, but he continued through the whole journey to keep getting fresh words from God. We see in Genesis chapter 12 that Abraham, he started this, this journey with God, so to speak. He started as a man with a word. What does the Genesis chapter 12, verse one say? We'll read it. The, the Lord comes to him and it says, now the Lord said to Abraham or Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Pause. We see in verse one, Abraham, he had some clear instructions, didn't he? He had some very clear instructions and commands that God was giving him, that God was saying, Abraham, Abram, here's what I'm asking you to do. Here are the instructions. This might not make sense. This might not be in alignment with what you had for your five-year goals, but here's what I'm asking you to do. And along with clear instructions and, and commands, verse two, we see that God gave Abraham both purpose, but he also gave him promise. He says in verse two, I will make you a great nation and I will bless you. And I will make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Verse three, same thing. I will bless those who bless you and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. This is not the point of today, but quick Bible lesson in case you're wondering how all of this connects. Abraham, he was the father, the starting point for the nation of Israel. Why does the Bible say that in him, All the families of the earth will be blessed because from Abraham's lineage came our Messiah, Jesus. He was saying, Abraham, I'm starting in you something that will be much larger than you. I'm starting in you something that will for the course of history change humanity. In you, I'm gonna do something. From you will come a multitude, a great nation. From you will come my people and from that people will come the the, the Savior, the Messiah for all of humanity. We see in verse two, God goes, Abraham, here is the purpose. Here's the plan. Here's what I've put you on this earth for. Here's the purpose and the plan. But within that, what what else does he have? He has promise, doesn't he? He has promise. Abraham, I'm, I'm gonna bless you. I'm gonna multiply you. I'm gonna increase you. He has provision, doesn't he? I'm gonna take care of you. Hey, listen, Abraham, anyone who blesses you, I'm gonna bless them. Anyone who curses you, I'm I'm, I'm gonna curse them. I'm going to make sure that I'm with you every step of the way. And we see Abraham, he starts as a man with a word from God. I got clear instructions, clear commands. This is what God's asking me to do. This is the direction God's calling me to go. I don't don't have it all put together, but I know this is is why God's put me on this earth. This is the purpose, the plan. Oh, no, I, I have from God. This is the provision. This is the promise. Abraham was a man with a word. Now, for time's sake, we can't read all of them. But if we could, I would love to, because all throughout his journey, like I said previously, Abraham has words from God. I think it's important for us to realize that even in the middle of living out what we know God has, has spoken to us, that we need continual encouragement. Can I get an amen? And, and so here, 25 years later, in chapter 17, here's Abraham again, and he still hasn't received what God promised. Can I just encourage someone today who, who, who's in a waiting season that God has not forgotten? That 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 while God's timing may not be your timing, that God's timing is perfect timing. That God can see what you can't see. He knows what you what you don't know. The the Bible says to the with the Lord one day, a thousand years, a thousand years. God doesn't see time like we see it. But here's Abraham; it's twenty five years later, and he's frustrated. It hasn't happened. He had a great plan, which anybody with common sense would go, that's not a great plan, bud. Um, well, I'll just sleep with my wife's servant and create a whole Jerry Springer episode. <laughs> and that's how I'll have a, didn't work. And so here's Abraham failed attempt doing things his own way. And God comes back to Abraham, Genesis chapter 17. And Genesis chapter 17, verse one, he says, Abraham, When he was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am almighty God. Listen to how clear this instruction and command is, but how simple. He says, I am almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Hey, your eyes are all over the place right now, bud. You're trying to figure things out, doing it your own way. You're wondering, well, maybe I have to make, walk before me and be blameless. Verse two Here's the promise, the provision, the and I'm gonna make my covenant between me and you and I will multiply you exceedingly. You know, what happens to so many of us is we just live so presumptuously, don't we? Well, I'm, 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 I'm doing the best I can, which by the way, I, I applaud that, right? We, we should applaud people that go, I'm just, I'm doing the best I can. Hey, I'm, I'm trying to raise all these kids. I'm trying to take care of all these animals we got. I'm, I'm doing the best I can to just live right and just, just, just walk with one foot in front of the other. But, but still, if we're honest, sometimes just because we're exhausted and we're tired and we're just trying to make it through the day, we, we live presumptuously. Let's, let's do the best we can. But, but here's the problem. The Bible says that there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end road is destruction. That's one of my favorite scriptures and one of my least favorite scriptures, that there's a way that legitimately seems right. And all of my education and all of my thinking, and all of my my scripture reading, and just it seems like this there's a way that seems right, but the inroad is destruction. Anybody besides from me, have you lived that out before? Have you experienced that before? that I'm I'm doing the best I can. This seems like it is, and and you get months, years down the line, and your head hits a wall, and you oh th- this was not what was. Well, Because there's a way that seems right to me. See, the, the reason you and I, that we need a word from God, the reason you need a word from God is because let's just be honest this morning. We don't know. We don't always know what God's purpose and plan is in this season. We don't always know what God is trying to do in us and through us in this season. We don't always know exactly what to do and what God's asking us to do. And can I just say that when we do not know it makes it very hard, near impossible to walk in obedience and consistently and faithfully one foot in front of the other in the will of God for our life. Oh, we need in every area, a word from God. And what what I wanna do is I wanna give you just five very simple, hopefully helpful thoughts this morning on how to receive a word from God. Because let's be honest, there's things in church that we go, that makes sense, man absolutely 100%. Amen. But then we get in the car, we go home and go. But but how do you do that though? And so I'm going to give you very just simple this morning five quick thoughts on how to receive, how to get a word from God in every season of your life. Number 1, write this down. Start with an obstacle or an opportunity. Start with an obstacle. Or an opportunity. Have you ever met someone, someone before? And I'm saying, have you ever met someone before? Because I don't want to accuse you of being this person, but you might be this person. But have you ever met someone before? They just overcomplicate things. Everything is just complicated. Have you ever met someone that uh, they get in their head about something and they overcomplicate a situation? And before you know it, you are more confused about your life and about the meaning of life just because you talk to that person? Sometimes I think where we can overcomplicate is that we go, well, God, like I just need a word for everything. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't ask God about everything. I'm not saying that we shouldn't say, God, I I wanna be led by you in every area. But can I just encourage you that you actually don't need a word from God about everything. Like you don't need a word from God about what shirt to wear to work tomorrow. You don't need to be like, Lord, as my iron is heating today, and I'm preparing for the day ahead tomorrow. What is it that you would have me wear tomorrow? What brings you most glory? The blue polo, thank you, Lord. That's like, you, you, you don't need a word on where to go to lunch today. Go somewhere that has chips and salsa or never ending bread. So your kids are occupied and you can have a conversation. I just like, you don't need, but, but a great starting point is to go, well, where are the current obstacles and opportunities I have? because obstacles and opportunities are generally where where decisions are made. They're they're points of decision that can redirect the path, the way we are living life. And by the way, can I just say that every single person in the building today probably has both opportunities and obstacles right in front of them. Am I the only one right now that has some obstacles in my life? By the only one that I got some areas, I got some things right now that I can't figure out. By the only one that I got some circumstance and situation that is not in my favor, and it just seems like I don't know what to do, but I I gotta do. There's obstacles every single day. There are opportunities every single day. I don't have any opportunities. I don't know. You woke up this morning. You're alive. You 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 are breathing. The Bible says that God's mercy is new every single day and every day is an opportunity to steward your life and live before before God. Here's what Ephesians chapter five says. Ephesians chapter five, verse 15 through through 17, we're gonna read, it says, see then that you walk circumspectly. See, See then that you walk, that you live, not casually, but intentionally, not as fools, but as wise. Redeeming the time, verse 16 says. Making the most of the time because the days, one translation says the days are short, but because the days are evil. Therefore, verse 17, do not, someone say, do not, do not be unwise. Do, do not live life. Do, do not waste the minutes, and the days, and the weeks, and the months, and the, don't be unwise. But live with wisdom, understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can I tell you, in every opportunity and in every obstacle where you have to make decisions, where there are determinations and dec- we, ha- we can't do nothing, we got to do something, that there is in that opportunity and obstacle the ability to say, God, I want to know what your will is. And, and I would say just, how do I get a word from God? I would say start today. Start today. Start with the opportunities that are in front of you. Can I tell you, every opportunity is not God. I was talking to someone, and uh, two two weeks ago, they were just on fire, and so thankful because exactly what they were doing and where they were was just a blessing. Oh, Brandon, God opened up this this door for me to have this job, and since I had this job, I've I've been getting blessed like this. And in this job, I've had opportunity to pray for. And they're just they're stoked about the job. I kid you not. A couple days ago, we're talking. Yeah, so I'm, I'm just thinking about just leaving all this. I thought it was a, yeah, but I, a friend called me and I have an opportunity and I said, can I just, can I counsel you that maybe it's the Lord, but maybe it's not. Because God is not the only one who knows how to open doors. We, we often talk about the, the, the seduction of evil, but there is the such thing as the seduction of opportunity. And every opportunity, but I'm not just saying yes to open doors, I'm not just saying yes to to, to dollar signs. I'm just saying yes to, no, no, no. In every opportunity, every obstacle, I'm gonna stop and say, this is my starting place. God, I I wanna live with a word from you. Number two, write this down. Let the Bible be your starting point. So, So let's start with opportunities and obstacles. But then as we are discerning, let's start with what does the Bible say? Have you ever been praying with someone before? Maybe you've been in a prayer circle and um, someone starts praying something that is just in left field. You you ever had this happen? Someone starts praying things that you know. I don't think that's even the Bible. I think that might be like, I think that's Buddhism. I think that, that's that's the fortune cookie we opened last night. What are you talking about? You, You know, we have to be so careful because if we don't let the Bible be our starting place, you know what we'll do? we'll start praying our own desires. We'll start praying our own lust. We'll start praying the greed that's in our heart. We'll start praying our ambition. We'll we'll, we'll start praying the thing that will, I mean, I I really want to, and we start praying that direction. And and here's what's so dangerous is that we forget that the spirit of God, someone say the spirit of God, the spirit of God is not the only spirit trying to, to lead you. We forget that Ephesians chapter six says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but it's actually this spiritual battle that we're in. And, 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 and it's a battle for our mind, for our thinking. We forget that there's not just one spirit that's trying to lead me, but, but there's an enemy too. And if we're not careful, if we don't make the Bible the starting place, we, we can start saying things like, well, you know, God spoke to me. That, that, that wasn't God. That's was not God. Well, you know, God, God led me to this job. I, I don't know. God, God led you to a job that completely took you out of being able to be planted in, in God's house and it took you away from your family and it robbed you of the opportunity to be the man of God and the husband and the father that like, I, maybe, I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, God led us right here. So we're put, 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 putting our kid on this team. Maybe. I grew up playing sports and I love sports. I'm, I'm a big sports fan. I love my kids playing sports. I have had embarrassing moments where I've almost gotten to arguments with their parents. And then I remember I'm a pastor. You might come to our church one day and this is gonna be awkward. So I'm, I'm gonna, gonna hold my tongue, but, but, but we gotta be careful. Yeah, you know, God let me put my kid right here. I, I don't know, did he? Did, did he lead you to so fill your life and your calendar to the point that the lesson you are teaching your children and the character you are developing is that God is important when we have time. God's a priority when it's convenient. I, I, I don't know. But, well, you know, God, God really led me to really, I, we gotta be so careful because if we just start praying and we just start, we start praying and thinking and giving into our own fleshly desires. And here's what the Bible says, Psalm 119 verse 105. It says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. God, your word is a lamp to my feet. In other words, God, your word will illuminate my pathway so that I can take one step and put one foot in front of the other. Your word is a lamp to my feet, but it's a light to my path. God, your word will actually give me illumination to a certain extent so that I can see in front of me what the will of God is for my life. Romans twelve two says, renew your mind. Wash your thinking with the word of God so that you may know the perfect and pleasing will of God. See, the starting place has to be what does the Bible say? Because here's the reality. God will never say anything that contradicts his word. I had someone one time and they said, well, you, you're just full of yourself, Pastor Brandon. That's very possible. But why do you say that? Because you're, you're talking like, what, what, what I'm saying is not God, how do you know? I said, well no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not presuming to know God's will. All I'm saying is that everything you just told me is in direct contradiction to what God's already said. So, so it can't be God because God doesn't change his mind because God's not a man that he should lie or, or, or the Son of man that He should repent. and ch- no God is consistent. So God will never lead you or say to you what contradicts this word, so my starting place is God. I need to renew my mind to your word. but then number three, write this down, but then I need to go and pray and ask God. B- because here, here, here is a reality: that this book, it will not answer for you every one of life's questions. I, I, I don't agree with that. Great. Go find me a scripture that tells you exactly what job to take next year. You won't find it. Oh, God, Oh, okay. Go find for me in this book, the name of your spouse, your future spouse. God's word's not gonna answer every question. However, God's word, it lays for us the foundations, the principles and pathways through revealing to us the character the will of God, the word of God, for, the, for, for then us to, to begin to, to, to go to God and say, God, I know what your word says. So now help me to know what you are saying to me right now. God, I know what your word says, but help me to know right now what you are saying to me. And if you've been here for any length of time. You've probably heard us talk about this before, uh, the, the, the rhema word of God. There's the Logos word of God that's a Greek word and really it just means the written word of God. But then there's the Rhema word of God. It's the spoken word of God. It's, it's what we're talking about in these first couple of weeks. It's the word of God that freshly is spoken to you individually, which by the way, that's where faith comes from. Faith doesn't come just from the Logos word of God. This is why, why, why people have have very weak faith sometimes because they know a couple Bible verses And they know the written, but they've yet to to know the revealed word of God for their life. And here's why this matters, because the Bible, some will say the Bible, okay, the Bible, um, it is full of truths that they do not contradict each other, but they complement each other and hold each other in tension. For example, let's talk about money for a minute, finances, money, money, money. More money, more problems. Someone said, "I don't know who it is," but someone said that one time. Some about money. When it comes to money, finances, uh, the, the Bible says a number of things about money. First of all, let's start here. The Bible talks about giving. The Bible talks about generosity. How, how we're supposed to honor God in our finances and, and bring to God the first 10% or the first of our fruits. And in tithe and offering, we, we honor God. That we're supposed to live with a generous spirit, with open hands saying, God, everything I have, it doesn't belong to me. I'm just stewarding it. But then the Bible also talks about, about working. No one under the age of 18 likes that word. W- work, work. The Bible talks about working hard. Did you know that so much of scripture where, uh, where, where God blesses people and increases people is actually he, he blesses the work they do? That God will say, go plant seed, go plow the field, plant seed, and then I will send rain and I will bless the work that you have done. So the Bible talks about working. The Bible also talks about budgeting. It talks about Stewardship. The Bible says, he who's faithful with the least of these will be faithful in in, in much. Therefore, don't think I'm gonna give you more when you haven't been faithful with the little that you have. The Bible talks about stewardship and then the Bible talks about prayer, talks about praying and asking God, God, open the windows of heaven and being. So So here's the question. Let's say today that you have a financial need. What area is God speaking to you about? Be, because we can all come and go, yeah, yeah, The Bible says God will meet all your needs according to his riches of glory. Absolutely. 100% God. He is a God that again, he's more than able. You got a need today? God can open the windows of heaven and God can bless you and increase you and provide for you in ways that you can't even comprehend right now. God is more than able. However, here's the question. The instructions and commands, what is it that God is speaking to you? Whenever I th- think about a word from God, from my life, I go back to when I was 18 years old. And so many of you heard the story. So I apologize for telling old stories. Someone said one time, they said, Brandon, you always tell the same stories. I said, well, I've only lived so long, man. I only got so many examples. So either I start lying or you got to be okay with, 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 with repetition. But I remember when I was 18 years old, the first time I can really say I had a word from God about to graduate high school, didn't know what I was going to do, had some thoughts, had some ideas, but I really didn't know what my next step was. And I'll never forget being, by 18 years old, Washington, D.C., back row of the Washington, D.C., the Hilton, the convention center in the Hilton, and, and being at this conference and God just speaking to me. And it wasn't like a, a clear word where I could you know, see the writing on the wall, but I just, I just knew on the inside, God, you're calling me to ministry. I got a lot of thoughts, a lot of ideas. None of them have anything to do with being a pastor. I just know, God, this, this is what you're calling me to do. This is what you're calling me to do. And I knew clear instruction. I knew just as clear as I could that God was saying, go home, submit yourself to the youth pastor that's there, tell him what I've told you and just start serving. All right, God. I had, I had vision to go, I know this is where God's calling me. This is what God has for me. And I had some instructions, some commands. I had a word from God. Well, fast forward the tape. I, I can remember very, very well-meaning business people in our church wanting to take me to lunch or have a conversation. Hey, I just want to talk to you. You're, you, you're young, you're, you're, you're in your 20s. Uh, question for you. So like, what's like your five-year financial plan? Like pay my bills right now? I, 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 I don't have a five-year plan. And, and I had lots of advice about, hey, so what you need to do, th- this church thing is good, pastor is good, but what you need to do is, and, and every time I knew, no, no, no this is this is what God's speaking to me. I appreciate your advice, I really do. And, and I appreciate the things that you're speaking to me, but what I know in my heart is that God has spoken to me. Well, for, for the, the example, I, I can remember times where, where Jenny and I, we had a need and praying and saying, God, I know what your word says. My starting point's the Bible. I know what your word says. Your word says that you will will provide for me. But God, I need a word from you to stand in faith and pray and believe God. And there were times that, you know what the word was? The word was be faithful and trust me. That was the word. There, are, there were other times that the word was, you know what, Brandon, I need you to take this extra money and, and give it away. Sow a seed, be generous and trust that if you, if you will give, that you will receive. Other times God's been like, work harder, use what you have. And, but the point is that you need a word from God and you gotta go, God, I know what the Bible says. This is my starting place. But God, with this is my starting place, I'm asking you, will you now speak to me? Because it's not enough to know what you've said. God, I need to know what you're what you're saying. Number three, write this down. Number three is, I'm sorry, number four, write this down. Uh, get, get a sense and get godly counsel. Get a sense and get godly counsel. Well, one of the most helpful sermons that I've ever heard someone preach was, was a sermon that was titled this. I think I heard from God. I, it was so helpful for me because up until that point in my life, I thought when you heard from God, like you had a clear word. Oh man, I was, I was walking on, on, in the park and all of a sudden the heavens opened and God said, Brandon. Like I thought that's how it worked. And so I, I lived so uh, shaky at times. I remember, and I love my wife. We've been married for almost 15 years. But I remember when I was thinking about proposing, asking my dad, I'm like, dad, what do you think? So, what do you think? I think I should do it. Then you should do it. And, and I remember thinking, like, yeah, but dad, like, I haven't heard an audible voice. How do I? Because I, I was hung up thinking, no, I need to know. But what, what I've learned through experience is that so much of hearing from God, it, it, it really is a I, I think I heard from God. I, I have a sense this is what God's saying. I know what the scripture says. I I I know, I know what the scripture says, and I've been praying and asking God that He would speak to me. And Matthew seven verse seven says, "Ask and you shall receive; seek and you will find; knock and the door will be open." James one five says, "If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and He will give freely." So God, I, so I I I know, I know that I've been praying and asking, and and you know, I just I just have a sense, and I kind of just think this is what God's saying. So much of hearing from the Lord. It's it's a sense. I think, I don't know 100%, but to the best of my ability, I think this is what God's saying. And then taking that, I think, taking that, that I sense and going and finding some godly counsel. We won't read it, but here's what the scripture says, that in the multitude of counsel, there is safety. Can I ask you this morning, do you make decisions in isolation or do you make decisions in the multitude of counsel? One of my least favorite conversations to have is the conversation, hey, Pastor Brandon, I just want to let you know that I don't have any need to control anybody. Listen, I have four children, eight and under. I'm, I'm, I don't have a need to have any more input into people's life than, than, than I need to. We got enough going on at home. But, but I hate that conversation because so often the conversation goes, yes, yeah, so I just want to let you know this is what I am doing. I just want to let you know, this is what God said to, and and the problem with that is that we see so much in scripture. Matter of fact, we'll read it, Acts chapter 15, verse 28. We see so much in scripture that, that God speaks, yes, to individuals, but he confirms things in the multitude of counsel. The Bible says, Acts 15, 28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I love that. You know what? It just seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us. How do I know? I feel like it's pretty safe when I say, well, here's the opportunity that's in front of me. Here's this is the challenge I'm facing. And I know that I know that I know this is what the Bible says. I'm not praying my feelings. I'm not praying my flesh. I'm not praying my, de- God, this is what your word says. And as I've taken the word of God and said, God, speak to me, help me to know what you're saying to me. I, I just have a sense. And as I've taken it to people who I trust and people who are around me, it just it seems good to us and to the Holy Spirit. This isn't in my notes, but here's an encouragement. If, if you're thinking like, well, who, who is that circle? Can I just encourage you? You need a pastor. It, it 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 might not be me. It might not be Pastor Gil, but 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 you need a pastor, preferably in the church that God's called you to. You need a pastor, a pastor that you you've submitted your life under, and, and that's someone that that is a a shepherd or or, or, or a leader in your life. Uh, you need some elders. In other words, some people that have lived longer than you, that have more experience with Jesus than you do, have more experience living than you do. Um, you need a really good circle of of, of godly friends. That's why you got to get in a small group and and, and get in community because you need a circle of godly friends. Some of the worst decisions I've ever made are decisions that I've said, yep, this is what God's saying. And I asked nobody but myself and me. But some of the safest, the best decisions I've made are ones that I go, you know, I, I just have a sense this is what God's speaking to me. I have a sense this is the direction that God's leading me. Now I'm going to go invite some people in to say, you know, I, I want to live and I, w- I want to have, have this model where Acts 15, 20, it just seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. And lastly, we'll close with this. Number five, and we'll 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 touch on this next week and we'll pick up right here. But number five, you write this down. You need to get going. You need to get going. Do you have any phrases that as an adult, they haunt you? Something your parents said to you all the time? And you said, that's not true. But now that you're older, you go, that's, that's the truth. One of the phrases that haunts me, my, my parents used to always say, Brandon, remember, delayed obedience is still disobedience. That delayed obedience is still d- disobedience. Can, can I tell you, and again, we're gonna pick up on this next week and we'll, we'll close right here. But can I tell you that so much of seeing God move in your life it, it comes through, through faithful obedience. It doesn't come from just hearing. It comes from doing what God is telling you to do. What, what does the Bible say that blessed is the man not who hears, but the man who does God's word. Brandon, how do I get a word from God? Well, I'd encourage you today, start with the opportunities you have. What's in front of you today? What are the obstacles? What are the challenges? What, what are the things that today you can say, God, okay, I need a word in this area. God, right now, we need a word in our finances. God, right now, we need a word in our marriage because things are not going well. And God, we, we don't know what to do. God, I need a word with my, with my kids right now. Well, we're doing the best we can. We are praying for, 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 for our children. We're, we're doing the best we can to love. But God, we need a word because things aren't, where is it that you can go, God? God, I need you to speak to me. Because I want to be able to walk with confidence, one foot in front of, f- front of the other, knowing that I'm in the will of God and I'm being obedient to, to the voice of God. Let's start opportunities and obstacles and then run to the scripture. Okay, God, what have you said? You'll never say anything that contradicts what you've already said. So, God, help my mind to be renewed, my perspective to be renewed to what you've said. Let's pray not from our flesh, from the word. God, here's what you've said. Now, God, help me to know what you're saying. I know what you've promised. I know what you've said, but God, I need to know what are you saying for me? What are you saying for us in this season? It's so the best we can to get a sense. God, I just I have a sense. I think this is what you're saying. And then let's get going. So much time is wasted in waiting there are seasons to wait upon the Lord, yes, but there are other seasons, other things that no, waiting is not required, obedience is what is required. I just wonder, is there anywhere this morning in your life that if you're just honest, you kind of already know, you already know what God's asked you to do. You just haven't started doing it yet. You're, you're hoping God will change his mind and, and give you something else. I wonder if I just wait long enough, If God will, is there anywhere where you just need to start going? Just, okay, God, I know what you've said. I know what you've spoken to me. I just need to be found faithfully obeying the word of the Lord for my life because it's in my obedience and my faithfulness that God often shows up. And this God who we serve, who is more than able to do exceedingly and abundantly shows up and does the things we cannot do. Why? Because we've simply said, God, I need a word from you. I wanna walk like Abraham did. And I want a word from God that I can walk one foot in front of the other, confidently knowing that I'm in the will of God for my life. I'm doing what God has asked for me to do. Can I pray for you today? Lord, we pray as we are in this series two, two weeks in, that you would continue to stir up in every heart and in every life, confidence and faith that you really do have good things in store for us. God, you really do have good things that are in front of us. God, you really do have good things for our life and that you are a God who is more than able. And I pray that as we begin to to say, God, we want to know what what your will is. We want to know what the word of the Lord is for our life in this season, that God, you would begin to like never before open our eyes and our ears to see and hear and to receive from you. We ask that God, you would help us in the days ahead to be men and women of God who walk in faithful obedience, listening to the voice of our Father, trusting that you will do all that you promised you would do. In Jesus' name. Hey, w- w- if you don't mind, would you stand up with me today? And as we stand, we're going to sing one more worship chorus. I'd encourage you that you'd allow this to be a time that you lean into and you respond to whatever God's saying on the inside. But you use this time to just say, God, I hear what you're saying. I say yes to what you're saying. And let's close strong today in a time of worship to thank God and respond to everything God's speaking to us.